shoebox proper. Salute. Salute, salute. What's good? What's good? What's good, y'all? Salute, salute. Who is like Elohim, right? Who is like him? There's none like him. Hallelujah. New tone, salute, salute. Matthew Warren photog Photography, salute, salute. Who else? Jesus Man Productions, salute. Steven Spicer, salute. My man Keith Harris, salute, salute. Uh, stand up guy, salute. DJ Wado, salute. What's up, beloved? Man, how y'all doing? Wifey be checking in in a minute. Uh, Joshua Farrell, salute, brother. Rista Ralph, I guess that's how you say your name. You in Botswana, Africa, 1 a.m.? That's what's up, man. Thank you for joining. Salute. Uh, love from Germany. Salute. We got Germany in this, in this spot. What's up? Germany, Africa. Mr. 808. Salute. What's up, beloved? <clears throat> there she go. Oh, my goodness. Woo! Woo! <laughs> You're so crazy. Make sure my volume up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I can see you. I can definitely hear you, but oh my more gosh. importantly, I can see you. My goodness. So hey, baby. Hey. So, um... We are waiting till what time? Seven oh five, like last time. Nah. Because we're trying to give people um a chance to get in. They can watch the replay. They should have okay. been here on time. Dang, you don't even yeah. care. Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dang. I don't, care. I don't care. That's how. I, that's how I used to be when I used to teach. Though you late, close the door. I don't care. But I miss Harrison. I'm right here. Close the door. Yeah. Straight up. But we can't Pretty do that much. to people. Let people get in. 705. Nah, they coming. It's, it's 50 people in here right now. I know, but I'm just saying. Dang, dang. Right. Dang, y'all. He being all hard. Dang. Right. Dang, you wait. don't care about nobody. We can wait for the turtles. You know what I mean? These turtles. Are one there. time you late. That's right. That's how I teach. But you know what I'm saying. Let's just give people a little bit of time. Dang. But what about, well, what about the people that's here already, though? Yeah, like. Oh, let's do something special for people that's here. What you want to do? What you want freestyle? Freestyle, spit no. no, but y'all could go follow Azara Royalty. Um, just about the cops and infantry merch. Maybe we can give something away for free. Yeah. Okay. Everybody that's on time, type the time you was here, and we'll randomly pick a person and give them a copy of um. It came to pass, but a hard copy. And just make sure you D whoever we pick will say it. Just make sure you DM me. So, yo, okay, right now in the hey, comments, hey, for the fellas, type, for the type, fellas, don't 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 be DMing my wife all crazy. 
she said DM about this. You understand? Don't be acting crazy. Seriously, don't get it twisted. Chad Smith, salute. All right. Antoine B. Music, salute. G.I. Soul, salute. So we're going to pick a, let's just, you want you want to just pick a random person? Scroll through and see the people that put the times, and then we'll, um, you'll pick a person. Yeah, we'll do it on the replay. On the replay? Yeah, we'll watch the replay and get those numbers. You want to get it right now? Everybody's trying to go all the way back to that. Look, we already at 705, though. All right, we go, I'm going to just randomly pick a person. Here we go. Boom. Um... Um, let me see the times. Tegan.s, salute. One, ironically, 7 p.m., he said. One, ironically, one, I-R-O-N-I-C-L-E-E. Uh, Can yeah. you DM me your shipping address, and we'll send you a copy for you or whoever you want to give a book to. Congrats for being on time. Yay. Slow. Yeah, I see. Okay, he said yes. All right, great. Congrats. Thanks for being on time. All right, it's seven o'clock. So, you want to start off with what we're going to be talking about tonight? Oh, well, let's fill everybody in what you know last time. We may fill them up. What happened last time? What's what we name? talked about last time, last life. We talked about a lot. So. I got a question. N V I L R A M. If you're in N V I L R A M, are you the person last time you were saying your father, I think he did music or something, he traveled a lot, so he was never home? Did you leave that comment last time? It seems like I remember that that name. If that was you, comment. Yes, okay. It's a new picture though. Because I, I go by profile picture, so it's another picture. I can't see, but I remember that name. But, yeah, thank you for that comment because some people was hating a little something-something. And they was just like, Ishan, go tour anyway. And I was like, you know what? I must have come all the way out of my Proverbs 31-ness. But, yeah, thank you for commenting that because when people comment like that and show support, and a lot of people, other people were saying, too, like, that they – understand the importance of like putting your family first um but you got a lot of people who i won't call them haters but that are just like very selfish and they're very um they don't care about what someone's family may be going through they just want to see you on tour or get your music so it's not like i don't care about what you're going through at home just let me see you in, in person so yeah crazy so yeah, yep, it affects us as children growing up definitely and so that's our our main ministry is our children in our home so Shout out to you. Thanks for joining us again. And so last, these bugs is crazy, some mosquitoes. So last time we talked about um, marriage, life, and purpose. Today we're going to be talking about how unresolved issues in your past can affect your relationship. And um, we're going to go into some personal experiences that we've dealt with when we got together. Um and how like these issues weren't resolved and how it affected our um, family. Well, we didn't have kids yet, but so we're gonna talk about that. So I guess we're gonna just kind of do this interview style. Um, my husband and I will ask each other questions. We might ask y'all some questions to ask y'all to comment. So go ahead, my husband. So you wanna start out with questions about 
like around when we first met. Yeah, so let's talk about um <laughs> my husband. So, cause we, we had this whole this thing, we had talked about this whole thing what we were gonna do, and then um yeah, that didn't happen. So yeah, um, what are some things that you feel like were unresolved issues as a man before we got married that affected our relationship when we got together? And how do you think it impacted us negatively or, or positively? Yeah, um, <clears throat> some unresolved issues, I think, in my personal life was, and I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I would say just not, ha not having a male figure to understand how a woman needs to be treated. You know what I'm saying? It's like my mother, I don't, I don't know if we ever sat down and had that conversation on how a woman is supposed to be treated. You know, it was like, I kind of just had to figure that out on my own. And that came from, you know, a lot of, a lot of issues from being young and being exposed to pornography, you know, seven, eight years old, that just changed the way I saw women and thought about women. And so as I got older and began to interact and engage with women, only one thing was on my mind, treating them like a human being was never on my mind. What you was know, that one doing, thing that was on your mind? That one thing was on my mind was, uh, you know, Lauren Hill talked about it, that thing. Mm. That thing, you know, sex was, was, was my only thing, you know, from like, 10, 11, 12 years old. That's all I was thinking about. Talk about that a little bit more for people that don't understand. How do you, how do you at 10 and 11 years old as a little boy start to, all you do is think about sex when it comes to, to, to the female? Right. So when I saw, you know, the porn, it just made, it, it, it became all I could think about when it came to the opposite sex. All I could think about was sex and putting myself in a position to, you know, have that, make that happen. So that's what it was. That's all. So I fast forward, we're going to get real personal. Yeah. To this day, y'all, my husband swears he was not doing this, but y'all vote. I'm going to tell y'all what happened, and I want y'all to vote in the comment section and tell us what y'all think. So mind you, my husband just said from a very young age, all he could think about was sex. He was introduced to pornography around 10, 11 years old. I know what you're about to say. Yep, I'm about to say it, and I'm about to get votes so we can see the truth. So when we met each other, we were both celibate, and we were like, we're not having sex until we get married. The thing that happened, though, was when you hanging around too much, hanging around each other too much, spending a little bit too much time, which is why I have a video on YouTube. I think it's like um, 30 ways to not have, to not fornicate or something like that. Um, and that was from experience because there were so many things that we did and we were sitting up here saying, you know, at the time we were like pretty much new believers saying we love God, we're going to be celibate, but yet we weren't really putting our ourselves in a position to stay um, out of the fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we started off, 
we started off like that, but then we was spending, we was just spending way too much time together. And when you spend a lot of time together, you're gonna to be tempted to. Have no, sex. no, more than spending time together, I was spending the night. Okay, but you ain't start off spending the night. I know. But eventually, but... we gonna keep it all the way real. We yeah. love God. We was new in the faith, but we was doing a lot of things wrong. And yeah, he was spending the night, and we would be like, "But you're not gonna sleep in the bed. We're not gonna touch each other." So he would move from the floor to in the bed. Then he would be in the bed, and we'd be like, "But we're not going like hug all up on each other." Then we hug up on each other, and then we'd be like, "All right, but we ain't gonna take no clothes off." And then clothes would start coming off, and then bam, we doing stuff we shouldn't be doing. And so, this is how it started. My husband says we're laying in the bed, mind you, not married, trying not to fornicate. Shouldn't even be laying up in the bed in the first place. Dead wrong. And my husband goes, I just want to hold you naked. I say, what the heck? We are not married. Like, what do you mean? Mind you, I'm in love with this guy. Hormones raging. Know that this is the one I'm going to marry, but we don't, we're not married yet. So I can't remember what I said, but it was just like, I remember thinking like, is he serious right now? Like, did he really just say that? Like, does he seriously want to, like, is he really saying this? If we, you don't want to just hold me naked. You, if you're saying I want to hold you naked. I did you, though. You want to get some. So this is my I question, I wasn't trying to get none. This is my question, y'all. You got some that night. You did. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my I question, sure y'all. This is my question, y'all. Give me fuck. Give me fuck. Vote right now, y'all. Hallelujah. I in my head, don't hallelujah not because you're not hallelujah in that night. No, nah, I'm saying forgive much. me because I go ahead. Yeah, forgive you for real, for real. We was both wrong. We was dead wrong, but you know. We that's another subject. But this is the question, y'all. If what do you think? If you laying in the bed, you ain't even supposed to be laying in the bed. You know y'all trying not to fornicate. And a guy says, I want to hold you naked. Do you think that he really just wants to hold you naked or he wants to, that's foreplay because he want to get some. Let's see what people say. Now All listen, right. mind you, that before y'all go. Yes, one ironical. Whoa, yes, whoa, yes, whoa. One. That whoa. man innocent, whoa. that must be a super fan, JT316, because he, he, he taking up for you knowing you was dead wrong. Hold on, hold on. Let me say this though. Let me say this. The alike. Oh, Jafia said that was epic with the dress. <laughs> right, right. That sure was. He well, wants some. Yes, Miss Hayes. He's trying to smash. Yes, Cazo. Yes. Look at Larry talking about she going in, Dunny. He's listen. trying to get some. Listen. Interview hey, hey, hey. Ram. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. That hold man on. Lying. Lying. Let me say something real quick. Hold on, let me say something real quick. Y'all got to understand this, though. I hadn't done anything with any woman in a year and a half you know what i'm saying so i i dedicated my life to the lord like i said man if i'm gonna get rid of if i'm gonna be where i need to be with the most high i gotta get rid of the thing that plagued me the most and that was sex so i abstained for a year and a half it was tough but i did it now I meet my wife. I know she's my wife. Like oh, it ain't, it ain't... Leah. I don't think it was his intention. Listen. Mm. And so we start spending a lot of time together. 
He want to raise his staff. I'm sorry, read the comments. Um, um, <laughs> um, we were spending the night. I say it purely like I'm not intending to have sex, honestly. That's my word. I'm not intending. But we know that when you put yourself in a position like that, that will follow or that can follow. And so I set myself up to fail. But I didn't intend, I didn't intend on failing. You know what I'm saying? In hindsight, in hindsight, this is my question for everyone that does not battle the spirit of denial. How are you laying in the bed with somebody, butt naked, rubbing up on you, and you don't want nothing? Are, you, are we really being serious? Like, y'all, to this day, he will not admit that he was trying to get some. To this day, he tells me, no, I just want to hold you. I just want to hold you. So if you want to hold me, then why you ain't stop yourself from going there then? If you just want to say, nah, babe, I just. Look, I held you. And then something changed, and I just went with the moment. We shouldn't have. It should never happen. But I didn't go into it thinking, yeah, this is the night it's about to go down. I wasn't thinking that. So that brings us back to the question of how unresolved issues in your past can affect your current, the current state of your relationship. So when you are not intentional about keeping yourself from fornicating you're you know we're jo we're joking and we're laughing right now but the reality is we suffered consequences from sleeping with each other before we got married a we lot went through, we went through the fire like it felt really good in that moment but we paid for that for yeah. years and years um a lot decision. God does not play when it comes to sin and when he tells you to abstain yourself and to keep yourself free from fornication and to keep yourself free from putting yourself in a position where you're going to end up fornicating, which is spending the night rubbing all up on each other, all the hard tongue kissing and all the, and all that stuff. That's going to lead. That's just what that's going to lead to. Nobody is that strong when you are in love with somebody and you continually do that. You're going to end up sleeping with each other. And we paid the price for that. So we can laugh about it now because we've, you know, repented. We recognized that it was wrong. But we, we, let's talk about some things. Wait, that wait hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go there, somebody said, can you explain a little bit about consequences? So, oh, that's what I was just about to say. Let's okay. talk about some of the consequences that we suffered because of that decision. Okay. So here's the thing. When you're doing things the way God ordained them to be done, when you're abstaining from this physical, sexual pleasure um, in order to build something solid with your future spouse, um, when you add that element to it, you begin to pervert what God is doing. Yep. So God is doing something holy yep. with this, with this, um, this connection, this 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 unity these two people yep. that he's bringing together for his purpose yep. you're perverting it when you add the physical element to it because then everything changes yep. you know we're talking about soul ties we're talking about now you know i'm looking at her through different lenses it's it's it's, it's, it's really similar to the adam and eve thing they didn't understand nakedness or being uncomfortable in that before they disobeyed God. But once they disobeyed, their eyes were open to the circumstance and they were uncomfortable with the circumstance. 
when me and my wife engaged in that before marriage, now our eyes were open to the circumstance. Now I'm uncomfortable. Now I'm questioning her. Why you didn't call me back? You know, who is now she talking to? Now we're seeing to? things now about seeing each other things. that we shouldn't be seeing yet. Like, Indeed. for example, my husband, and we're going to do a different live because this is a huge topic and a lot of people have a lot of questions about the ex-porn addiction that my husband had and how that affected our marriage. That's like going to be like, that's a whole live in itself. But mind you, my husband was dealing with a porn addiction at that time that I didn't even know about. I didn't know until like um, probably about a year after, a year into our marriage, I found out. No, um, no, it was a few months into our marriage. About okay, a month or two. A few months. And um, I was ready to divorce him because I was like, yo, you a whole split personality. Like you walking around here like you are the minister of salt and light and you downloading porn on my computer. Like I was so done with him because I never, I could never imagine him like engaging in anything like that. I never had saw that side of him. But mind you, at this time we were dating, we're trying to abstain from fornicating. We fornicate. One, it's not going to be one time. Once you do that and you open up that world, Straight it's up. the appetite that you have to keep feeding. You're not, it's, it's very difficult to just now we're going to stop having sex with each other. Like you did it. So now it's easier to do it again. Um, from the flesh part, from the spiritual part and, and a, a guilt or shame complex that might make it harder. But the flesh being so weak and being exposed to it, you're, it's going to be easy to do it again because you already did it. But as far as my husband was talking about, about eyes being open, now we're seeing each other, this purity that we saw about each other, this, this, this holiness that rested on the, you know, the anointing of that relationship and, and, and where God was leading us, like he said, it's perverted. And so now what happens is we're seeing each other like sexually now. Mind you, and I can't speak for you for this, but... If you watch porn, you want somebody to do to you what those women do to the dudes in porn. Indeed. So now when we was dating, we was cool. Like you had a you had a certain affinity for me that wasn't perverted. You had a love, you had a you know, it was just like this thing that was just so honorable. Now I'm wondering what I know how to do in the bedroom because we did it once. So I don't know if you want to talk about that as far as like now your expectations sexual, not just relationally, but sexually have changed. So for you, I don't know like what you felt um, at that time. You probably in your head because knowing you, I ain't never doing it again. And we did it again many times to the point where I end, I actually got pregnant out of wedlock. Like I got pregnant before we got married. Um, so we, after the first time, we never, we never defeated that battle. Like, even when we broke up for two years, we got back together. He came to see me. We were just talking about this the other day. I had set him up to stay at a friend's house that was married. And um, they were going to let him stay in the guest room. Here he go again. Me falling. We going to do it. We going we gonna to do it. I'm like, babe, no. We ain't seen each other in two years. Let's start right. We got a clean slate. Like, we can start right this time. No, nah, no. Nah, I'm going to stay at your place. I don't want to stay there because I don't know them. But we're not going to do nothing. Did it again. So, um, that's all that has all had always been a battle and some of the consequences that we suffered, like we said, were one, him not being able to see me in with the right eyes. Um, one. And then from my point of view, I had been molested and sexually abused as a child. So 
it was all, you know, um, enticing at first, but then I would have flashbacks of while my husband and I, well, he wasn't my husband then, but while we were intimate, where I was being molested that I didn't have, like, before. And so, like, it was this, it was this, um, this battle where he's seeing me from this pornographic lens, and then I'm seeing him from this perverted crazy of something that happened to me as a child and we couldn't enjoy each other the way god wanted it to be so i don't know if you want to allude on that a little bit no no that's 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 a fact so again god is doing something holy in this union and here you are involving all of these things that are not holy and you're corrupting what he's trying to do what he's working on therefore in our lives, all this stuff started to break down. So here we are building something sturdy on a firm foundation, which is our both both of our love and commitment to the Most High God and commitment to doing His will in our lives. Like literally severing ties with toxic people, people that was gonna you know lead us down different roads. Severing like cleaning our lives up, studying. And then boom, we start to tear that down because of the flesh. And 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 like my wife started out saying, we we, we suffered through it because it again it, it caused a lot of things to collapse in our relationship. Strong, sturdy things that we were building up. Communication failed. You know. Oh my God, um, terribly. Oh because man. when you sleep, when you're sleeping with each other before it's time, you haven't um you haven't went through the appropriate phases in a relationship that build trust, friendship, um, like this, this connection that you have outside of physical attraction. We were so physically attracted to each other that once, you know, we fornicated, it was like, instead of using our energy to really grow deeper in God with each other, we were using that, exerting so much energy to not have sex. Like, so much energy was going to not having sex. We used to be like, okay, let's have a cold word. Um, now we say Yeshua, Hebrew for Jesus, but back then we would say Jesus. So we were like, when you scream Jesus, you got to take your hands off of me. So we would stop. And we would scream that, and then like five seconds later, we would be kissing again, breathing all hard, and... You know, mind you, I was in college at the time, so there was no, you know, parental influence or nothing like that. I I lived on my own. I had my own place. So it was nobody there to, like, really hold me accountable, like, no kind of roommate, no nothing. It was just me and him alone. And we would have these cold words, and that wouldn't work. We would, we would try different things, but now, instead of learning each other and taking that time that God has set aside for us to see him in each other we're using it to figure out how to stop having sex and we wasted so much time just with that fight in itself and that is a consequence that you suffer and then when you get married you wonder why you arguing a lot why you have all these issues why you have why are you just not getting along and it's because the time that you were supposed to use to grow and develop in god with each other you was trying not to fornicate yeah. And then falling and getting up and falling and getting up over and over and over again. And, and that's, that's what the enemy That's what the enemy will do to you. We have you preoccupied with this 
Meanwhile, the stuff you were supposed to be becoming mature in yep. and growing yep. in, those things fell by the wayside because you're because you're preoccupied with this this lust, this desire only because you opened it up. You opened it up, you engaged in it, and now it's all you can think about. Like I said before, we both came off of doing, I think I was a year and a half. I don't know, how long was you? A year? Or a year and a half or two years? Like a year and a half. Like a year and a half. We both came off this year and a half where we're pursuing God. We're pursuing the most high. He's the I'm talking about fervently. Fervently. And so when it's opportunities to have sex, with other people, we were turning them opportunities down, like literally passing on opportunities because of like us. Ending relationships that right. were not, you know, conducive right. to that goal. Right. And so all because we're chasing after the fuck. And so when we got with each other and we decided to say, hey, I found, you know, I know how I felt personally, like, man, I, this, this, this woman is incredible. Like, I could see myself marrying this woman. I'm good. I let my guard down and started giving way to the flesh when I shouldn't have. But listen, I don't want to get so far into that, babe, because we're, we're going to do a whole a whole live talking about lust and, you know, pornography, overcome pornography. Yeah, yeah, stay soon, yeah. yeah. This if is not what that was supposed to be to about. Like- I, just, I wanted to ask this too. If you guys want us to do like maybe a weekly or a bi-weekly live where we deal with like topics about sex and love. I know we had like our you know, YouTube segment, but sometimes I get tired of um editing and with the live, we could just do it and then it's done. I don't got to get all set up and all of that stuff like that. But if you guys feel like, yo, y'all should do a weekly live or maybe a bi-weekly live, let us know. Leave comments in the section and Depending on our response, you know, maybe we'll do it and we'll just all meet up and gather up and talk about these topics that, you know, a lot of people weren't talking about. I know when we were dating, we just were like, we didn't really have nobody to go to where we can like tell what was really going on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just like to just be real nitty gritty about it. Cause you know, we come from some crucial, not crucial, some, um, we come from some, like some, some backgrounds that ain't so pretty. And you deal with some things that's just not pretty either. But then you deal a lot of, you know, Christians and, and religious people, they don't like they're like, you know, they stay away from that. So it was kind of hard for us. Um, so we love to talk about these things to help people because we know that everybody is not this polished, cleaned up person. Some people come from really gritty backgrounds and are so full of shame and guilt because they're hiding their secrets and they feel yeah. like they're the only one and they're not. Yeah. Especially for our communities, man. I know it's ha- I know it's happening with everybody, but especially for uh, people of color, like our, our community. It's a lot of of crazy stuff going on behind closed doors that we just grow up in, and we never sort it out. And then you know, like my wife says all the time, people are ashamed for even considering going to therapy. That idea is like mocked and laughed at, and you know, people gonna think you're crazy and all of that. And so you end up carrying the weight of 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 this sordid past, these sordid issues, these things that you want, and you just carrying it. And it's weight and it's affecting every relationship you've ever been in. It's it's affecting your relationship with family, friends, you know, significant others, all of that. And 
and it never gets sorted out. It never get cleaned up. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, you got broken adults who don't know how. And, and this is really the heart of our conversation right now. You know, talking about two broken adults who trying didn't to be have, whole. trying to be whole, trying to be whole, and trying to trying to help each other, trying, trying to, to help love each other. Be whole. Like we don't. It's only half of you left, and it's only half of me left. That make a whole. And in marriage, that's not what makes a whole. Two halves don't make a whole. Two holes make a whole. Indeed. So both of y'all are broken. Ain't no 50% of you and 50% of me. You got to bring 100% to the table. My bad. Um, We learned that kind of like the hard way. Like we thought, you know, we could just bring 50% health to the table. And the reality is, no, you have to be a whole person. Like, you need to really, if I could go back and talk to my younger self before you and I got married and, like, really fully committed, I would tell her. Like, if I had somebody like me in that younger age, I would ask her, what are, what are some of the unresolved traumas that you have and that he has? And then based on that, y'all have some discussions on how y'all can heal those things before you enter into this relationship. Because we've had, oh my gosh, we've suffered so much pain, so much, um, just so much hurt. Like, I mean, the arguments we used to have, the, the times we were just like enemies towards each other. Like, we loved each other so much, but we treated each other like we were each other's enemy. And it wasn't that we were each other's enemies. It was the unresolved trauma that was the enemy that we should have been fighting. Like, yo, we got to resolve this issue on why you respond to me that way. Why you do this. We didn't really, we went to like dry counseling, but they didn't really get into like those deep issues. They talked about like money and finances. And again, we come, we coming from very broken backgrounds. So all of that, what's your credit score? Credit, we ain't got no credit. Like we came into our relationship with busted up credit. Like it ain't nothing to fix. Like this is unfixable, like at this moment. So it's like, and now we having a baby. So can't nobody, anybody got time to fix no credit right now. Like we got to figure out. Our thing was like, we just don't want to bring, we had already been engaged, but we had to kind of push the wedding faster because we got married. And then we, then we didn't really have support. Y'all love us so much. Thank y'all. We appreciate it. But people that we wanted to support our relationship weren't really supportive, which is why we ended up um, getting married at the Justice of Peace. Um, that's just what it was. So we felt, a lot of times we felt alone. We felt like we didn't have support. We felt like we didn't have people to go to that understood us, that loved us. It was either people loved my husband and didn't like me for him, or people loved me but didn't like my husband for me. So it wasn't nobody that really loved the both of us for each other and were glad that, you know, we were trying to do the right thing. It's like we come from broken homes. My father is a was a crack addict. My mom was a single parent mom. I lived with my grandmother for a lot of my life. I didn't see healthy marriage. I was molested. I kept that secret back. I was raped in college. My husband, he grew up from a broken home, seeing his mother get beat up you know, bloody and not knowing what to do with that. Addicted to porn. And then we get together and we love God so much and we just trying to do it right. But we don't know the way. And the only one that helped us, and I don't even like, I don't, I used to kind of regret this because I always wanted like a, 
a mother, father, grandparent figure to like call and they just give me this wisdom from on high. And we never had that. We always had God though. And it taught us to seek God first. That's why we are, we're able to be like, um, very particular about who we receive from. Cause we learned at a very, very early state in our marriage, like God is going to be the one to show you how to do this. Community is important. Support is important, but everybody just doesn't have that. That's the reality. And we didn't have it. And I think we didn't have it for that reason. Um, because God wanted to do something different with us. And I always wanted it, but we did it. And I'm so thankful to God that we know how to hear his voice. Because he helped me be a wife. He showed me what a godly wife was. He showed me, you know, I didn't know what a godly wife was. Like, I didn't, most of the women in my family were single and unwed. And the ones that were married were not in happy marriages. And that was only maybe one or two. So I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know, I didn't know how to do that at all. Um, I just dropped the ebook. I dropped it in 2012, but I redropped it again called Dying to Submit. I didn't know what submission was. Everybody in church telling me to submit. And it was a religious community. And they like, just do what your husband say. And I'm like, do y'all know what my husband is saying? <laughs> and that's what you want Straight to up. And this Straight is the up. thing. People tell you to just submit. But submit to what? My husband didn't Straight know up. how to lead. So it was just, it was just, it was, it was, it was just crazy. I don't know if you want to give you a little two cents on that. Nah, that's a fact. I ain't know nothing. I had no clue. My bad. But I had no clue. Like, what's a husband? Right. What's a man? Right. What's a real man? Like, right. I could ask y'all right, right now, and, and a bunch of y'all on this live wouldn't even know how to define a real man. Right. So I, I had no clue what a real man was. I had no clue what a husband was. I was about to be a father with no clue what a father was because I didn't have a father. So how do you figure out all of these things and do it the right way? The only the only one I could turn to was the most high God. No. The only one I could cry out to and beg. And my wife did the same thing. Begging God to show us. Show us the way. Show oh, us I'm the way. I'm so emotional. It was so hard back then. That's oh. the fact. Show us the way. And, and and the amazing thing is if you hear if, if you know when y'all y'all guys get a chance to hear our story, if, if you go on my on my wife's YouTube channel, you can sit listen to a testimony of our, our love story. But the 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 amazing thing is when I met my wife, I walked her home. We sat in Love Park. And she said, let's pray. I tell this story all the time. That was huge for me, for her to say, let's pray. And then as she prayed, she said, Lord, whatever this is going to be, we put it in your hands. That's huge. Because I don't believe if my wife had left it up to just us, if she hadn't brought that up, I wouldn't have thought about that. If she had just left it up to just us, it would probably have been a whole lot more mistakes being done but i believe god answered her prayer and literally met us through all of the mess met us right in the mess and help us get an understanding come to some understanding while we were going through the things we were going through again because we didn't have nobody it wasn't until when we moved down to florida i moved to florida you know, me, me and my family moved to Florida right before we had our first daughter, which is Harlem. My wife's pregnant, big belly. We had we had just gotten married a few months prior. 
we were on our way to Florida. We get to Florida. I started working as a security supervisor for FedEx. And it was the first time in my life when I met solid God-fearing men. Like men that was like, I love God. And had and family. And not just saying it. Like, it was a lifestyle. You know, like, not like saying it and then like looking at other women. Or saying it yeah. and then like, you know, yeah. making women subservient or something like that. Like, it was I mean, like... These men they held their wives in such high regard. And I, I thank God for bringing Indeed. those type of men into my husband's life because when we met, he didn't know how to hold a woman in that regard like that. So we would fight possible. all the time. Like, yeah. I didn't think it was possible. They showed me it was possible. Like, yeah. no, you can love God. You can love your family. You can give them your time, your energy. You can celebrate them. You can enjoy a relationship with them. It don't have to be this, you know, this one dimensional thing. You know what I mean? Like with, with my kids, I'm your father. And, and, and I said, and like, nah, like I listen to my children. Like they, like they, it was just a bunch of conversations I would have with these guys that would just blow my mind because I'm like, yo, nobody's ever told me this. You know what I'm saying? Nobody ever let me know that this was, possible that I could have a healthy relationship healthy I'm talking about dudes who men who you know like my wife said value their wives who listen to their wives who really regarded their wives as having wisdom and not being nags you know I mean people you get in conversations with and they talk about how they wife nag them I'll never say that I never talk about my wife like that because even when I feel like she's being extra about something, I know that's really God trying to push me in a certain direction, really trying to get something through to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, I know, I know God uses my wife as his voice piece, as, as, as his mouthpiece. He does. You know what I'm saying? And if I want to deny that and just think I'm the only one that can hear from God, I'm going to end up in a whole lot of trouble and probably end up in a lot of these, you know, end up like a lot of these marriages that we see in an end divorce. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like I'm the only one that has say so. And coming from the streets and coming from, the, you know, the, the, the examples I had, that's what I thought. I'm the, I'm supposed to be the one that has say so. I'm supposed to be the authority in my home. And I'm supposed to command authority. Like, command authority? Anybody that got to command authority don't need the authority, in my opinion. And, and, and if, I just want to If you got to say... demand respect, if you got to demand respect, I don't know if you're worthy of respect. Right. If you got to take just say you know that Oh my gosh, I'm so grateful to God for how far you have come. I say this a lot, and people be like, Why is she getting emotional? She ain't healed. I'm just an emotional person, and um, TMI, sorry, but you know, around the time when you, you know, female things are gonna come, you get emotional. So that's why I was crying on the last one. But um, I just want to say, if I tear up, I'm so thankful to God for you. for you have been taught so many bad things about manhood and marriage. And we will argue about them all the time. And I just want to thank, thank you right now. Like take the time to like seriously with like everything in my heart, everything that you've been through, everything in your life that you had to endure, getting shot, growing up in a, you know, a home that was, had a lot of abuse going on, not ever seeing a man. I know your father, not having no kind of, no kind of guidance about how to do it 
and to watch you the way you are with our children and how you are with me, how you love me, how you love us. That's a miracle, yo. Like, and I love you for just your obedience to God because I know that was a fight because you have strongholds. You have strongholds on your mind. You had seeds of the enemy that were planted in your heart and in your mind against women. When you're just looking at pornography, you're you're being, the devil is planting a seed in your mind against Straight women. Up. Straight up. So you add that, then you see your mind being abused. The devil is planting a seed in your mind against women, what a woman, a woman really is. My bad. So when you have all those things attacking you, and then you get married, yeah. it, it can only be God that can transform your life to love a woman and your family like God. So I just, it's all God, but there are parts that require you working with God too. And I watched you do the work. Like I've seen you do the work on your knees and our relationship and our arguments. I've heard you like in the heat of some of our worst arguments of me just being like, I'm not doing this no more. I'm leaving you and telling me you're not leaving me. Like I'm committed to this marriage and I will forever work on this, like forever. And you did that. Like you did that when nobody's help but God. So I just love you for that. And I'm just like so thankful to God that he brought you so far. People don't know the struggle, the trial, the things that we went through behind closed doors and how hard it was for us to be together. The enemy has tried to break up our family and our marriage from the day we got together. From the very day we got together, he has been trying. And I, I just love you for leading our family. Like, you know how to lead now. Like, it was a time where I couldn't say that. You know how to lead. You lead with God and you, you lead as a servant. Like, you really serve our family. And I like, ain't no way I could ever have eyes for nobody else in life because you take care of home now. And I'm so thankful to God for that. So I just want you to know that because... That ain't easy to, that's not easy. Coming from where we come from and what we've been through. Well, thank you, baby. I ain't, you didn't have me out here crying. Bob. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, yeah, I, 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 I want to thank you for not giving up on me. You know, it's been plenty of times that you could have left and just never came back. You know what I'm saying? And there are times where you, you, you walked out and I thought you wasn't going to come back, but you did. And, um, you know, those times when you said you wanted a divorce. And all, so. Like you, you could have had that, you know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was, uh, that could have happened. Like I, 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 I failed enough at leading that, you know, you could have been granted that pass, and, you know what I'm saying, to leave, and you didn't. And you continue to hear from God, pray for me, pray for our family, push through, and tell me hard things. 
And I thank you for always telling me hard things and not being scared that I was going to leave. I don't know if it's because I expressed to you my absolute commitment that I'm not going nowhere and I'm committed to this marriage where you felt like, okay, well, I'm going to tell him some stuff. But <laughs> whatever it was, you was just, and even to this day, you tell me the hard thing as a man. You know, it never really had nothing to do with you. It had to do all with God. Like, once God told you to do something, I'm just not the type that can keep carrying that around like he ain't tell me. So it's yeah. like, I know that you're called for great things. Like, I just look at your life from the, the day we met, the, the epic Andretti, dude, to who you are today is a totally different man. And I knew, I saw that on your life. Like, I saw that back then, which is one of the, the ways that God kept me anchored and kept me focused on the prayers and the fasting for you. Like, I knew that then. So it was really God. Like, you are called and set apart for, for something great. It's just the beginning right now. And um, in order to, to maintain that, it's a certain purification that you have to go through and you have to stay in. Like, you can't be out here in these streets acting like these other dudes and doing things that's not even necessarily a sin. You know, some things you can do that's not a sin, but they're still not the best for you. Like, you're, you're called to a higher standard. You are called beyond. Well, it's not a sin. You're called beyond that. And so I just believe that when God would speak to my heart and show me those things about you, for me to... And I used to be scared to tell you because you used to get so angry. And then we would get into an argument, and I hate arguing with you. So I was scared to tell you. But the thing that had me tell you was just God, God's love for you and for us and his, you know, his instruction. God don't yeah. be playing. Like, he's, he's saying real cute and nice one time, but then it's like, all right now. And then I can't go to sleep. Like, I can't even get right until I tell you. And then you got to wrestle with that. But I told yeah. you. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and like I said, I, I thank you for doing that because that's not easy. You know, that's not easy. And I thank God that he's created a certain environment in our home and in our Safe expressing things to me that I might not want to hear, but you feel safe enough to And then it's gonna cut us off. Sorry, that was the, that was the kids. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Again, again, like I was saying, like you know, I'm 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 grateful that you tell me hard things. Like you know, like I don't think you know a lot of dudes walking around talking about they the king, of they castle, and they the they the boss and all of that stuff. But if, if you ain't got nobody in your life for those who aren't married, but for those who are married, and you got a wife in your life that you don't allow her to be her and celebrate her being her, 
you're doing yourself a huge disservice and you're not the king you think you are because you're you're lacking a lot of wisdom trying to do it all yourself trying to figure everything out yourself or listening to your friends like the most high gave you a rib gave you a wife for a, re a purpose like you know some dudes think you know women's just supposed to be barefoot pregnant in the house with their mouth closed, just 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 Have taking you did care that first? of. Remember, um, you used to didn't even like want to wash dishes and stuff. Like it was like I think I remember asking you, and it was like wash the dishes. Yo, ain't I, that I, a woman's job? Like you didn't yeah. say that, but it was kind of like I was so foolish, man. <laughs> All I knew was what I saw and what I heard, and I wasn't hearing nothing from no from no real men, you know. They filled my head up with all, all types of nonsense. I came in my I came in this marriage. <laughs> just, and I don't say that as a shot. I just say that no. people will know. Like yeah. no, my yeah. husband helps me with the dishes, yo. Like my husband helps me clean the house. Like it's not like no, that's a woman's job. Like if he sees that I need help, he doesn't say, Well, that's your job. Like, do it. It's like he will serve and help me. Now, sometimes his head is all over the place because he's trying to drop this music. He's trying to do all these things and keep, you know, the music going. And then me keep going, my writing and stuff, it can clash. And then, you know, we kind of forget to see each other. But for the most part, like, we, it's really a partnership. It's not like this, um, we so he's yep. out doing what he needs to do to do music and work. And then I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, and I'm just, just my responsibility alone. Like, there are days where I'll be, like, really tired, and my husband will just be like, go lay down, and he'll cook the food. And that's, like, that's how it should be, because we both need help. We need each other. We need we need each other's help. You know what I mean? Right. So. But we got six minutes left. So we're going to get ready to wrap it up. We want to give away two more copies of um my book it came to pass yeah um also dientist admit i don't have print, any print copies they're out of they're out of um stock but the ebook is available dientist admit tells a lot about our story with submission um that's non-fiction and it, it deals with like my journey learning what it was to like really submit because i had been taught the wrong way but we want to give two copies out of it came to pass my novel which is so before before you say that talk about your novel a little bit talk so my novel is basically everything we just talked about on this live it talks about it deals with it came to pass as a series book one deals with the girl's childhood and it's fiction it's a fiction story but it's based on my um actual life it's part of my actual life so book one is her childhood years. And a lot of people feel like, well, why would I read about a child? It shows you how things that happen to you as a kid are connected to why you do the things as an, an adult. Like why you might find yourselves in certain types of relationships, why you might find yourself condoning certain types of behavior from people, or why you yourself exert certain types of behavior because it's unresolved. So you see her story going through these things that happened in childhood that are affecting her relationships. Book two is going to be about my husband and I's journey. Well, he's towards the end, um, based on that story. It's fictional characters based on our actual life. Um, and you're going to see, like, how God took this broken little girl who was um, sexually abused and uh, from a broken home 
and how she makes these decisions based out of trauma and gets into these crazy relationships that she don't even know how she got in, but she's getting in them because she's a certain type of energy because she ain't whole and she's broken. Um, so it goes through that journey. And then by book three, you'll see how when you deal with unresolved trauma, what the reality could be. And I'm a strong believer. I love God. Um, God has just changed my life upside down. In addition to that, I'm a strong believer in therapy and getting the right kind of therapy. Like you need both of those together. A lot of people I feel in church will just tell you to pray like they did to me. And some things cannot just be prayed away. Some traumas are so deep rooted that you need help from a professional who also is not so secularized that they're going to give you these secular ideas, but uh, a person who is anointed, but also educationally trained to help you work through those traumas so that you can get healed. Um, we didn't talk about that tonight. Maybe in another live we will, but those are some things that I had to do in order for our relationship to be functional today because I was so broken and I was so damaged. I allowed a lot of things to happen and I engaged in a lot of relationships and activities that um, I wouldn't have if I knew who I really was. Um, and then you learn and let me say this decisions. Let me say this. It's an incredible read. Like it's an emotional roller coaster. People finish reading this book and be like hitting my wife on the DM like, yo, where's part two at? Like, it's crazy. And um, my wife is just an awesome writer, like an incredible writer. The way she puts, I don't know, it's, 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 it's like watching a movie, honestly. So check the book out. Check, so we want to give out. away two copies. We only got two minutes left. We want to give away two copies. And yes, I see your comments. It's so hard to find a, ther a therapist. I have a degree in Christian counseling. I used to counsel on the side, but it became a little bit too hard because people just want to a lot of times they don't want to do the work and i got a little exhausted because i ain't got all that time so but i might be, do something in the future we're trying to help people with that skill set but two minutes left this is the contest we're going to give away two um paperback copies go and follow it came to pass book go and follow zara hairston if you go to my um instagram i have my books listed follow those two accounts and then leave a comment on the post I will randomly, me and my husband will randomly pick two people that did both, that followed me and follow um, It Came to Pass and left a comment on at least one or more posts. And we will randomly pick those people and then um, you'll get an email, I mean, you'll get a DM from the It Came to Pass page asking you for your address. So, yeah, we got one more minute. Thank y'all so much for joining us. Thank y'all so call. much. All glory to the Most High God. Thank him for this time. Yeah, we're trying to figure out the best time to do this. We don't know if it's 4 o'clock or 7 o'clock. The last few seconds, type 7 o'clock or 4 o'clock. What's better, y'all? 7 p.m. or 4 p.m. Eastern before it cuts us off. But if it cuts us off before that, love y'all. Thank y'all for joining us. We got one minute and 30. What's better? One, one minute and 30 seconds. What's better, y'all? 7 p.m. or 4 p.m.? 6 p.m. Salute so like 6 p.m. <laughs> salute three. Seven. Mills. Seven. Salute Mills. Four or seven. The mask is salute. Okay, so seven, seven seems okay. like a good time. God's time. <laughs> Indeed. 
You know seven. we love that number. Seven. All right. Seven. I think seven is a good time. I'm seeing most people say seven. 